if someone were to ask you, well, ma'am, what tool, and I put tool in quotation marks, what yes. tool uh, did you yes. use to crack that cyber glass ceiling? How, how, how'd you do it? What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Sensation Nation. I have another exciting topic to talk to you all about today to go along with the exciting guest that I'm going to have to help me kind of talk about it. So you've all probably heard of the phrase or term, the glass ceiling before. It is something that I have been researching, studying, hearing about, talking a lot with, with a lot of people. And there's a lot of opinions and personality conflicts and things like that. And I think it's perfect to just take these conversations and have a discussion so we can just get straight to it. Before I do that, though, uh, for those that may not necessarily have a good understanding of what it means when we hear glass ceiling, I actually pulled a couple of definitions of what glass ceiling means. So I'll read one that I pulled yesterday. It says the glass ceiling is a colloquial term for the social barrier preventing women from being promoted to top jobs in management. The term has been broadened to include discrimination against minorities. Marilyn Loden coined the phrase glass ceiling at a 1978 women's exposition. So you hear the full definition of what it means, but again, that interpretation can mean something different to different people. So I am starting a three-part series of three amazing guests to kind of help me crack that egg and reverse engineer and pull the layers back on the onion and all those phrases that you hear about. What does it mean when you hear the glass ceiling? But I want to take it one step further and not just talk about the glass ceiling, I actually want to take it and talk about the cyber glass ceiling. I don't know if I am coining that phrase or not. I have no idea. I woke up one morning and I said, glass ceiling, cyber glass, cyber glass ceiling, break the cyber glass ceiling. So it all made sense to me. I hope it makes sense to you. So without further ado, I want to introduce my guest, the very first guest of this series that I'm going to have talk about breaking the cyber glass ceiling. And I'll bring her on in a second. But first, I'm going to tell you her name and I want to tell you a little bit about her. Miss Venus Goodwine is a member of the Senior Executive Service. She's the Director of Enterprise Information Technology within the Office of the Chief Information Officer for the Department of the Air Force, comprised of the United States Air Force and the United States Space Force. As the Director of Enterprise Information Technology, she leads management, planning, governance, and resourcing for enterprise IT for the department's nearly $7 billion information and cybersecurity enterprise. She has more than 28 years of information technology experience spanning private industry, active and reserve military service, and the federal civilian government. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Miss Venus Goodwine. Good morning. So how are you, ma'am, first of all, before we get started? I am phenomenal. As you know, there's a lot going on in the Department of the Air Force, and I am glad to be a part of the change that's happening. 
So I'm and I'm glad to be here today for sure. <laughs> I so, think we we are more glad to have you for sure. Yeah. You know, we know how busy you are, and I just I just read your uh, amazing bio and. It, it's very evident that you are doing a lot of great things in the world, just in general, but uh, specifically in the cyber community. And I just read a lot of stuff. And our viewers and our listeners, they come from all walks of life, folks that have never served, don't know how to spell IT, whatever it may be. So can you break it down for us in layman's terms, everything that I just read? What is it that you would describe as your role and responsibility? Well, thank you. So first, I have to say thank you for this opportunity. Um, it is such a joy watching you um, and watching your journey because I, I hear you say you know, that you started from modest means. And as I watch you thrive and grow, you really are an inspiration to others. And, and a lot of that is I, too, start from a similar background. Um, and I love it. In, in June 1986, I entered the Air Force as a 20-year-old. And it changed my world. And so I just want to tell you that I admire you and I definitely applaud this platform that you've created, um, sharing your nuggets of wisdom and giving others a, an opportunity. So I want to start there. Thank but you, the ma'am. I thing, appreciate it. Absolutely. And, and so the other thing um, for me, you know, what does it mean? Um, and I'm going to have to update that bio. So I just retired 36 years of service, active duty, um, as you mentioned, as, as retired as well. Um being in the reserves, doing in private industry, all that culminated to where I am today. And it was so funny because um, when I entered government service, have to working in private industry, working as a contractor, I just wanted to be a GS-15. I said, mm. one day I just want to be a GS-15. And here I am today. Um, and so I really appreciate the opportunities that I've had. So what do I do as director of enterprise IT? I tell people, um, I provide services to the airmen and guardians, including active duty, you know, and reserves as well. And we have an $18 billion portfolio over the FIDEP, but it includes those things that you mentioned, governance, making sure that we make the right decisions and the right investments um, in technology, but also um, making sure we provide strategy, policy, guidance, so that those in the field understand the strategic intent from a headquarters perspective. And definitely the other thing we do that's key and parcel is category management, making sure that we understand the services that we provide, how are they being consumed and used, which drives our investment decisions. But there's another fun part of what I do as well. I'm the functional manager for the cyberspace and IT career field, and that's 12,800 professionals across the Air and Space Force. And so all of that culminates into what I do. And at the end of the day, it's about giving the warfighters what they need in order to, if deterrence fail, be able to compete and win against a near peer adversary. That's what I do in wow. terms. So wow, wow. You know, you know what I you know what I just heard, ma'am? I just heard that you're kicking butt and taking names. That's what I heard. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> but I have a team that helps me do it. So I tell you, I am not a village of one. So shout out to the team um in um CN that helps me and of course my port my partners across the DAF and of course in the match com. So thank Absolutely. You. It always takes a village and uh Absolutely. but we we appreciate having you out in the forefront and you know essentially being somewhat of the face of all of this change that you're talking about and all the positive things that are occurring. So that brings me to my next point. Uh I read the the official uh 
definition of what glass ceiling uh, means uh, based on the interwebs. Uh, but I do want to hear from you, though. Um, what is your definition? How would you describe the term just glass ceiling as a whole? Well, you know, because chat GPT is this great phenomenon <laughs> right now, I would be remiss if I did not ask chat GPT. That's so very I'm smart. Gonna, That's very so smart. I'm tell you what chat GPT said. Um, an invisible barrier that limits upward mobility. These affect women in minority groups. Barriers could be, now this is Venus's opinion. It could be institutional. It could be policies, cultural, organizational. And if we put a name on it, it could be racism as well. Mm -hmm. You know, so in all these cases, I think that it's also rooted in ground in, in some discriminatory practices that really prevents individuals from being their whole self, reaching their mm. full potential. And I'm talking about individuals that are equally or more qualified in these scenarios. And so I think that is what the glass ceiling you know, what it means to me, you know? And so when you think about that, yeah, that sounds really textbook-like, right? Mm -hmm. Chat like But again, um, when I look at it though, I think that's just another barrier that mm. I need to overcome because mm. as an African-American, as a woman, as a woman from modest means that didn't ha have access, I think that I look at it as an obstacle that I must acknowledge and then figure out a pattern or a path to overcome it. And mm. so while it is a thing and it's a real thing because the data does not lie, I also like to think that every obstacle is an opportunity for me to create a story that will help someone else. So when I think of the glass seal and I think bring it on because I'm ready um, as any other obstacle that I've had. Ooh, I feel the power about to come out right now. I, I, I like it. And it's funny because I will say you are the very first person to utilize chat VT, chat GPT on, on this podcast. And so I, I uh, salute you for that. So I am a chat PT, chat GPT user uh, myself. So that is a perfect tie in when we're talking about chat GPT. It kind of brings about the cyber aspect of things. And I talked about the glass ceiling and asked you to give me your version of the glass ceiling. Ceiling. We talked about the, the formal definition of glass ceiling, and now we have the chat GPT version of glass ceiling. So now with chat GPT being such a phenomenon, it brings about the, the technological advances uh, that you're at the forefront of uh, funding and, and leading. So let's tie both of them together. Let's talk about the cyber glass ceiling. Um, do you think that the cyber glass ceiling um, is, is this phrase that I want to introduce? Do you think that is something that's real? Is it a thing? And if so, have you ever felt the, the restrictions uh, of the cyber glass ceiling as you walk through your career? Absolutely. So first, you did coin that. So I want you to trademark that. And you'll say that you created that. And I will now give you credit every time I hear it. Um, but yes. And so, so think about it this way. So information technology today is a career field that's male dominated. The data doesn't lie. And cyber is just a subset of that. So when we think about, you know, if there's going to be some glass ceiling or some barrier, I think if I just look at the IT career field as a whole and I realize that I'm outnumbered. Mm. And so if I'm outnumbered, that means that the number at the top is going to be smaller. But that also believes, I'm just going to be honest, um, ducks pick ducks, right? And so if the predominance is male, 
then they're probably going to pick what looks like them. And so I think just as an individual in IT and then now cyber being a subset of that, I definitely think that it is a barrier. And now it's a different type of barrier because oftentimes, um, you know, when I talk to women that I mentor and I often tell them, you know, bring your skills, right? Because let me tell you something about women. We can multitask. I know science says you can't multitask, but I'll tell you, I have cooked check homework <laughs> and did laundry at the same time, right? Um, but I've also negotiated um, conflict and I've also been an Uber driver and I've done all those things. And so I bring a lot of diverse skills to the workplace besides mm. my technical. And so I try to tell women that I mentor, let's bring in those other skills because I can mm. teach you technical because oftentimes with women, we have that compassion and that empathy, you know, men are logical. I'm not male bashing. Please just make sure everyone that listens knows. You that have I'm to not. speak the truth. You have right? to speak the right? truth. <laughs> you know, hey, women are are, are from, from Venus and, and men are from Mars. I mean, it's a book about it, right? And, and so what's interesting about that, and so when I think about this glass ceiling and I tell you that it's just an obstacle, acknowledge it and let's figure out a path. So let, let me give you an example. I think sometimes these glass ceilings exist because of lack of access. So if you think, and if you if you ask any woman, when you were in school, elementary, how many, what was the ratio of boys to girls? So as you grow up and let's say you go to church, how many um, men are in church, right? So let's start looking at our surroundings and our environment and look at places where we are predominant and where we are the minority. So I think lack of access is one. Think about sports. If I am someone that loves sports and I wanna play football, then say, go create a women's team because you can't play on this team, right? We, we've seen that play out. We've seen mm. it in the military, women in the combat zone. So we've progressed. And because today we still have all these first, I say, well, thank you because I'm the first they let in. And so when I start to think about these, this glass ceiling and these obstacles, I look at all those things and, and I say, let me understand them and figure out a path so that, that those that come behind me don't can use the path that I've created for them. Mm, and you'll mm. hear me talk today. I am, I am where I am today because I've had people in my life that have poured into me, mm. prayed over me. And I know this isn't spiritual, but my faith is, is what drives me. Mm. And that's why I'm here and I want to make sure that I, I leave it behind. So again, I just want to be clear, I'm not prescribing to some victim mentality. I by no means see myself as a victim and I'm definitely not male bashy, but I really just want to state my views just to say, you know, once you recognize something, you can build a strategy against it. And wow. so for me, that is what, when you say that cyber and that glass ceiling, that's what I think about. Obstacle, challenge, path lessons learned, share. And that's my mm. mentality around it. So I appreciate what you've created and really opening the conversation around this topic because it's needed. I feel like every one of those words you just listed, I need to have them pop across the screen one by <laughs> one at, during, during my editing process because, you know, it, re it resonates with, yeah. with me, you know, and uh, you shared a lot of good information just then because uh, there's way more 
beyond just the surface level when we see people. You know, the old phrase of you can't judge a book by its cover, you know, and things like that. And I'm, and I'm going to get to this in a second, but you may have people that may look at you and go, wow, look at her, you know, and, and she she's made it, she's doing it. But, you know, you just mentioned, hey, I've been an Uber driver. I've done all those things. And people don't, they don't see that, you know, like right now, this podcast, you articulating that and verbalizing that is going to help a lot of people because it is a journey, right? It's not about, I didn't just wake up, you know, as as Miss Venus Goodwine as an SES, and it just didn't happen overnight. It it took a village. Uh, people poured into you. It took some some resilience. It took some prayer. It took some work, you know, and and all that other stuff. And it just it takes it takes time. And I'm gonna bring you to this next point because people are gonna look at you and they look at you now and they go, you know, they go, wow. So for for an example, uh, one of the things that I that I pulled from your your biography, uh, it says that you were named a 2020 Washington exec top 25 cybersecurity executive to watch. And you won both the 2020 Washington exec pinnacle award for cybersecurity government executive of the year and 2020 G2 exchange women in leadership awards. And all I want to do is just applaud because (laughs) you know, that that's huge and that's not something to be taken lightly, but I know for a fact that it took work to get there. Then on the flip side, you may have people going with this subject of the cyber glass ceiling or glass ceiling. They may look at it and go, uh, "Look at look at what you've done. Look at the things that you just won, the awards that you that you received. Uh, you made it. So therefore, the cyber glass ceiling has been broken and it no longer exists." What would you respond, or how would you respond to that? Oh, I love that. So thank you um, for reading that. You know, when I hear those things, it always makes me smile. It's like, who are they talking about? You know, <laughs> um, I, I wish those things were team awards, right? But but I do recognize that um, teams take ha- have to have a leader. And so I, I embrace my responsibility as a leader. But you know what? When I hear that, I think, one, that I'm on a journey. I haven't arrived. And when I think of glass ceiling, give, let me give you a visual. If you would imagine... Um, And again, I'm going to focus on women because of who I am. Just imagine that if every woman walked around with this invisible proverbial glass ceiling above her head, right? And and how does she get from under that? Because that that represents limitation. So how do you get that visual out of your mind that when you see, you know, a woman, you don't see this thing above her head that says, is as far as I'm going to allow you to go? I call these things restrictions. And in my career, I have had what I call diminishers. Even in the Air Force, I was a senior airman, I remember, um, way back when. And I will tell you, I worked for a guy at the time who was a master sergeant. Now, mind you, I had, I was promoted below the zone. I was airman of the quarter, airman of the year. And at this time, I was in Intel. I was airman of the electronic um, division in Europe, Europe, you know, all these things. And then he wanted to give me a three on my EPR. It was APR at the time, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, what? But I, I'm a senior airman. I'm filling a staff sergeant billet. When you compare with my peers, I'm above. And so I labeled him. He was a diminisher. So I said, mm. okay. So how did I address that? I used the system to get around that. Mm. Fast forward in my career, I'm a civilian, um, senior civilian. 
and I worked for another diminisher. And I went to my boss and said, one day I would like to be an SCS. So I would like to take on opportunities that would broaden my horizon. His response was, good luck with that. Mm. I thought, diminisher, again. So mm. I say that to say to those listening, identify who they are, and you need to figure out a path around them. And I did. So what did I do? He fueled me. Diminishers fueled me, right? It fueled me, one, to say, I know who I am. And I know that I'm more than that. And if you'll just allow me, you know, I like to read Jeremiah 1 and 5. And please, I'm, please. It says, hey, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you at, as my prophet to the nations. The reason I like that, because it tells me that, that the God that I believe in has a purpose and a path for me. And no diminisher. No person, no, no proverbial ceiling is going to stop that. So what drives me is really living within the will and making sure that what I do, I can give to others. I have to give back, right? If you're a leader and you're not giving back, then you're just selfish, mm. right? And so leadership one-on-one is it's all about others. Because if you are walking, you're a leader and no one's following you, you're just taking a walk in the park by yourself. That's, That's right. my leadership, right? That's right. And so- when I think about all that and I think about that, so I say, okay, so how do I then be deliberate about my career? So here's my first lesson to anyone that's listening and thinking about a glass ceiling. Be deliberate in your actions. Mm. Here's how I was deliberate. I created a tool called the Skills Matrix. And in 2006, when I first joined the government, I met a young lady and I said, what's the highest I could be? And she says, oh, you could be a GS-15. I said, great. I want to be a GS-15. She said, because there's this thing called SES, but we're not going to get that. Mm. I was like, well, what's that? I started looking it up and I started researching. I said, I can attain that. It's open to me. Mm. She says, no, it's not. So I created this tool called a skills matrix. And I said, one day I want to be a CIO. And anyone that I've mentored would tell you about this tool because I share it often. Down, it's just an Excel spreadsheet. But down the left side is all the competencies at that time thinking I'm 2006, the competencies to be a CIO. Across the top were all the jobs I had had, private industry, contractor, you know, out in the civilian world as a civilian military. And I started wherever those competencies intersected with that job, I put an X. And so what that gave me was a pictorial view of where I had gaps. And so I then knew the next job I had, it was always to fill a gap or to make sure I updated a skill that was more than 10 years old. Because everyone mm. will tell you 10 years on your resume is enough. Today, I use that, that skill make, that skill mapping matrix today. Some wow. jobs I took, it wasn't for more money. It was because, hey, I need supervisor experience. So I took a lateral. I became a supervisor. Some jobs I took, I needed to broaden. So yes, I took a broadening experience. I needed acquisition experience. You know, so I had the IT. So I wanted to make sure that I had the architecture, the governance, the policy, the dollars, understanding the palm process, PTBE, budgeting, all that. And so I built this career. And so to me, cyber was another part of that. And so the position I have now, I get to execute on behalf of the CIO for the Department of the Air Force, mm. you know, what we consider to be eight of the functions of a CIO is according to Title 44 and, and Title 40. 
And so I am excited that I use that tool and we'll talk about the people that helped mm-hmm. me with that tool along the way. But when you think about, have I made it? It was a journey. Am I done? No, because I always have a responsibility. Even when I leave this role, I have a responsibility to teach others and to help them learn from the path that I've created to make it a little bit easier for them. Wow. Watch out, diminishers. You're not diminishing. You're, you're fueling and you're motivating people. You just, 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 just know that. Yes. Just know that. That's, yes. that's, pretty, that's pretty amazing. I, I got to tell you, I, I, just, I just envisioned a, a book title, Senior Airman to Senior Executive. You know, is that... <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to the story is, is pretty amazing, I got to say. So, uh, you know, you, you kind of already answered the, this question or these questions. I, I'll combine the two. Um, you know, if you were like stuck in an elevator with someone and you're rising to the top of this world's tallest building, Burj Khalifa or whatever it may be. And, um, someone may say, well, ma'am, have you ever been restricted by the cyber glass ceiling? And, and, and if the answer is yes, and it sounds like you have, because people had tried to put limitations on how far you could go and where you could go. And you said, no, I can see beyond that. Uh, I think, uh, you know, this glass ceiling is, is, is something I can actually see through, first of all. So I know that there's more up there and I can keep, I can keep going. So, uh, it's not a matter of, did you, go beyond that glass ceiling. Mm-hmm. If someone were to ask you, well, ma'am, what tool, and I put tool in quotation marks, what yes. tool uh, did you yes. use to crack that cyber glass ceiling? How, how, how'd you do it? People. Mm. You're going to hear me talk about people in two contexts. I'm going to say people as in my coaches, my mentors, my advocates, my sponsors, my peers, Right. Um, and can't forget my family because they are all those things. I'm fortunate enough that I have a husband who is retired Air Force, a chief master sergeant. And so trust me, when I was commissioned, they said, go find a senior NCO. I took that literally. And he has mentored me <laughs> throughout my career. And you, and you kept you kept him forever. <laughs> 26 years. Yes, I kept him. Um, and so, um, but the other thing about people, and you hear me talk about as a mnemonic, pursue every opportunity plan deliberately, learn consistently and constantly, and be excited about your successes and failures. So I'll leave that mnemonic there for a moment because we'll talk about that. But let's Mm. talk about people. Do you like sports? Love it. Good. Me too. I like football. Atlanta Falcons, Georgia Bulldogs. Let's go. Well, okay. I like the (laughs) Cowboys and I like Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. But if I'm honest, I like Dak and I like Mahomes. Let's <laughs> be clear. But the, but the draft for me is fun to watch, right? And, and it is because here's what you see: you see owners, right, franchise owners, build their team with one goal in mind, and that goal is what to win a Super Bowl. Absolutely. Make sure they build the offense and the defense, and all have a specific role. Well, that's the same approach I take in my life when it comes to my circle of coaches, mentors, advocates, sponsors. For one, we need to understand the difference in them. You know, coaches, and you know, because you like sports, what does coaches Mm -hmm. do? They give you drills to strengthen the skills that you have, Mm. right? What do mentors do? They help you solve problems because they've had problems that you may be experienced and they play a sounding board and they help you to think through things that may be tough for you based on their experience. But what do advocates do? When you're not in the room, they speak on your behalf because they know you. 
Um, it's one thing when someone says, hey, I'm looking for someone to do this thing. And they said, you know, I know someone we should consider her. You're not even in the room because as even as a tier two SCS, there are rooms I am not in. So I'm glad that I have some tier three advocates that can speak on my behalf based on my reputation and, and my performance. So let's go back to this mentorship. Um, so this, when you say as a franchise owner, so I consider myself a franchise player. I'm a franchise owner and I'm going to build um, my team. So what am I looking for? I need someone professionally, spiritually, physically, mentally, financially. And when you build that circle, it's because you need to be a whole person. You can't be all about work because you have to have a work-life balance. But here's what I want to give an example. When you choose a mentor as a GS9 or early in your career, that is not the same mentor you should have when you're a GS13 and a GS15. Because there's different levels of not only as a worker, because we you hear we talk about the tactical, the operational, and the strategic. You should have different mentors at different levels because you need a different experience. You should have a different coach because you need new skills because you've learned different skills as you progress from the tactical to the strategic. So you have to make sure that you are changing your team. This is why the draft is every year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're changing the team because based on last year, you know, Jerry Jones has realized <laughs> I need a different type of player in this position because I recognize my weakness. So Venus Goodwine recognizes, hey, last year when I was a tier one, in order to become a tier two, there are some things I need to do better and different. So I need a different team. And mm. so I go out and I look for that. And so and another thing, lesson number two, I want to share. Don't be afraid to ask someone, would you be my mentor? Here's my goal. And if someone tells you no, you say thank you. Hmm. You know why? Because that person has been honest enough to say to you that I don't have the time, the bandwidth to, to dedicate to you what you need to be a mentor. Hmm. And you want that because you don't want someone to say yes and then not be present. So don't right. take that no as negative or rejection. Hmm. You send them a thank you note and say, thank you. I appreciate your response. Hmm. If the opportunity to become for you to mentor, I would like to be on your list of selection. Wow. Right. Don't take that as rejection. And so now the other thing about a mentor, your mentor is not your therapist, right? Because for <laughs> one, you need, why do I say you need a whole team? Because if you only have one, you're going to wear them out. You're going to just bombard them with things and they become less of that mentor and they move into this therapist role and then after a period of time, they're just a good friend. They're no, mm -hmm. no longer that mentor because you want someone that's going to tell you and hold you accountable. Absolutely. So when I mentor, um, I give, you know, first, first session, I ask them, so what is it that you want to do? And if they say, I don't know, hmm, are you ready for a mentor? Or maybe you need a career counselor, mm. right? I ask that question. But I also ask them, why did you choose me? You know, and sometimes they say, well, it's because I see you and that's not a lot of us in the career field. And I said, great, because do you need a mentor, a long-term relationship for a specific goal? Or are you just looking for a one-off session because you have a particular problem you want to solve and you need guidance? Mm. I set those boundaries right up front. 
And then if you're going to be mentors, a, a mentee of mine, what I'd like to do is we're going to read books because I'm going to give you books to read. We're going to have book reviews. I'm going to ask you to do things. Yep. And when it gets to a point where I'm mentoring you, but you're not responsive, I'll end the relationship. Of course. It's best for you and it's best for me. You can't, so I, you can't want it more than they want it. Absolutely. And so I say all that to say it's a process, but it must be deliberate. And so when you say the tools that I use, yes, I have a school, a skills matrix, but yes, I have people and I have people that have poured into me and I have people that have said, thank you. We've enjoyed the relationship because we've had real, you know, some mentorships I've had, they were actually on paper. You know, I was fortunate to have a, a coaching program and I will tell you, I didn't just have a coach for my professional. I had a communications coach. I had a wellness coach. I had a nutrition coach I had a, and I had a physical coach. Because they taught me, one, about mindfulness, for one, um, and they taught me about balance. So mm. to answer your question, it was people that people. helped me to get to where I am. So It's all, all about the people. All about always the people. about the people. So definitely don't forget. And so I will tell you, remember, it's a journey. It's not a destination. I love it. I, I've always said it's always about the people. This is helping me, I already know, but I know this is going to help a lot of people. Uh, one thing that you mentioned that I, I think is even even more extremely helpful, uh, you talked about uh, if if you get a no from someone, yeah. don't, don't take that personally kind of thing, right? Because I used to tell people all the time, you know, uh, I don't, obligate myself to something that I can't dedicate myself to mm. because you you don't want to do anything halfway and I appreciate that honesty if someone comes to say hey I'd love to but I can't however comma I know to just the right person for you that has happened to me on so many occasions and it has created long-standing relationships so definitely appreciate you sharing that knowledge you know it's always about the people and you know people sometimes people look at networking as a negative thing people go oh man you're just such a huge networker I'm like yeah I am I consider myself to be a connector my my day is uh complete if I find out person x is looking to achieve a particular goal and I know person Y that can help them make it happen and I put them together to make the Z that I'm done. I step out of it and I, I feel like I just I just won that Super Bowl, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> yes. So let, let me tell you, I appreciate it. I'm going to circle back to something we talked on, touched on very briefly earlier and I, and I absolutely love it. Um, one of the things you said was when people come to you and they're a little concerned, and I'm paraphrasing, yes. uh, about being qualified for a job, and you say, just bring me your, your, your skills and your talent. I can teach you technical job X, right? And I think that is absolutely amazing, and it kind of seamlessly ties into uh, this thing we call soft power. Uh, I attended a Women, Peace, and Security conference not much long ago, and, you know, I'm always watching people watch people. I am a people watcher. I like to just look at people, and again, always about the people. Mm -hmm. And I, I see many different opinions about oh, why are we here? What is this about? You know, this kind of thing. You know, it, it just depends on who, who you're near. You know, soft power, I think, is something that you kind of uh, hinted towards when you talked about bringing yourself, bringing your uh, true authentic self to the table. And so I will, I'll read the definition of soft power that I found um, before this recording. And it says soft power is the ability to co-opt rather than coerce in contrast with hard power. 
It involves shaping the preferences of others through appeal and attraction. And so when I hear you say, bring your authentic self, I can teach you a particular skill, but just bring your talent. Uh, to me, that's huge. So, so what are your thoughts on soft power, whether it be in the cyber community or just in the professional workforce altogether? You know, it's so funny. I, I'm so smiling. I'm just beaming like, let me in, let me in, coach. I just want to talk, <laughs> coach, because this is so key. So, um, and I love, thank you for that definition. Was That wasn't chat GPT, huh? <laughs> no, it was not. Not this time. Next <laughs> time, though, it will be. <laughs> so, so listen, so when I hear soft power and, and you talk about, you know, it's co-opt and not coerced, because we're not talking about manipulation here, right? We're talking about influence, negotiation, the ability to be persuasive, building coalition. And if you're going to be successful as a leader at any level, the ability to build and maintain relationships is your superpower. The fact that you know, and I heard you say, if I have person X that needs to do Y, I put them together, I got Z, right? And what that is, is your ability to build relationships and that you can call on person Y to help you know, person X, and they'll do it for you because of your ability to do that. That to me is what we're talking about, influence, negotiation. So here's a thought. You know, the big thing today is diversity and inclusion. I love it, right? Because why? It brings together people who might not otherwise be in the same space. They may not work together. They may not be on the same team. If you're military, they may not even live together. But here's the one thing where I think we need to do better when it comes to having this soft power and the ability to influence and persuade and build coalition is um, when you bring this diversity and inclusion, we didn't teach people how to communicate. I'm from Tampa, Florida. And if you come, if you're in my hometown, someone will say, hey, can you go to the store and buy me a Coke? The response is going to be, what flavor? Because mm -hmm. we don't mm -hmm. mean Coke. That's right. You know, I may mean strawberry, orange, or grape, right? That's right. And I might mean Coke, right? Words mean different things to different people. You know, if I say, may I have a Kleenex? It could be the Kleenex brand or it could be Puffs. Absolutely. It doesn't matter. Words matter. And so when we brought together all this diversity and inclusion, we didn't bring the skills of teaching people how to communicate. Message sent is message received. And so until we do that, that's when diversity and inclusion is going to work and which lends to the soft power that you talk about. Because, and here's why. Um, because yes, I know that I need diversity. I know that I need different thoughts. I need different backgrounds. I need different experiences because that's what's going to help us with the mission, right? Because at the end of the day, where I serve and in my public service for 36 years has always been about the warfighter, right? Being one myself. But if I'm going to be in that environment, I'm going to work with people that I would never work with. Story, when I was in basic training, um, you know, the squad leaders, you know, short to tall, and then the guide on, because I'm tall, my guide, my squad leader, um, I'm just going to call her for this. I'm going to call her Mary because she might see your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mary came from Colleen, Texas, and Mary was about, I'm 5'7", so Mary had to be about six feet. And as a woman, that's tall. Our guide on was a little small girl, right? Um, she was not African-American, but Mary was African-American. So now she's a six foot tall African-American guide on. But um, squad leader, but the guide on came from a small town 
And I'm going to say she was from Kentucky and nothing against people from Kentucky, but that's where she was from. This is a true story. I'm not making it up. <laughs> she refused to be the guy on in front of Mary because she said her first time seeing African-Americans was in basic training. Mm. And I thought, now I remember that. I went to basic training in 19, <laughs> you know, so think <laughs> about in that time, I'll tell you, 1986, I went to basic training. So at that time, I got to see that. And I say that, so fast forward as to why we need diversity and inclusion, but more importantly, we need better communication skills. How is it that when I say something to you, message sent is message received? Because communication done right enhances. Communication done wrong diminishes, mm. right? Or it destroys, you know, if nothing else. And so when you think about that soft power and influence, I want it's rooted and grounded in our ability to communicate effectively. I always say, um, you remember this because you're still wearing the uniform. When you go to commander's call, you get all this information. And when the commander leaves, what's he say when he leaves the room? <laughs> he says, carry on. <laughs> That's right. You know why he says that? People think that means, and this is Venus's interpretation, carry on what you were doing before I got here. But that's not what he means. It really means carry on the message and the information that I just gave you. Mm. Because everyone mm. that needs to hear it may not be in the room. Mm. And so mm. we have should have that same mentality when we're talking about soft power, influencing, negotiation skills. We talk about communication and bringing together diversity, inclusion, you know, and equity. And that's a whole different podcast, right? That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and equity. When we talk about that, carry on. And it is take that message as it was sent, as it was received, and send it that way. Not the telephone game. Right? That's right. What you start at the beginning is not what you get. And so when commanders say carry on, you know, in Venus and that when I was a commander, um, when I left the room, that's what I meant. I meant mm. carry on the message. So I like that. that's what I think about soft power, the ability to build and maintain relationships because technical skills, hard skills, there's a class for that. YouTube mm. University will teach you anything you want to know. <laughs> so but I think these other skills, people need to bring them forth. Because that is what makes us successful. You're going to have a problem after this podcast, ma'am. You're going to have everybody wanting to come work for you, and you're not going to have <laughs> enough jobs for them. You know? <laughs> I only wish. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I do want to ask you as we as yes. we near the end, do you have any final thoughts, closing remarks, pieces of advice that you want to leave with the audience, whether it be about the glass ceiling, the cyber glass ceiling, the professional workforce, whatever it may be? Yep. So one thing I, I do, I want to close with this, and because you did ask me about um, the soft, soft power and how it can be used in cyber. And I just wanted to make sure, um, because having been a sizzle before, I want people to know I do understand cyber. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. So when we think about cyber, it's about risk, right? When I think about cybersecurity, I know there's cyber operations, cyberspace, but I mean cybersecurity, I think about risk. And risk is a formula, right? Vulnerability times threat times likelihood. And it's a multiplication problem. So any one of those things being zero make the risk zero. And so if I'm going to talk about risk, it's easy for me to understand the vulnerability and I have data that'll give me the threat. It's that impact that's going to require the soft power that you talk about. That how do you get someone to articulate to you what would be the impact of this thing happening, right? That is where building and maintaining relationships or having negotiation skills or understanding how to communicate. So when I think about cyber, cybersecurity specifically, 
I think about how do I um, mitigate and address risk using mm. a soft power in that context. So I just wanted to make sure that I leave you with that. Because Absolutely. again, by formula, if if the impact is zero, then the risk is zero. That, that's so, amazing. Well, I, f- yeah. I feel like we could do like three, uh, four different spinoffs, you know, from, from this <laughs> podcast, whether it be diversity, equity, inclusion, just communication skills, yes, because yes. as you talked about, a Kleenex is not a Kleenex to some, a Coke is not a Coke to some. And, right. you know, in cyber, we have trouble trying to articulate what we really mean when we say secure, blah, blah, blah. It means something completely different to. So this this podcast kind of, you know, it, it, it is a conglomerate of a whole lot of great information and uh i hope that people play it back over and over again because i personally will tell you that um i will need to play this back to digest (laughs) some of the stuff that you're saying so i can hit pause and and sit and reflect on it for a while you know Uh, i appreciate you for dropping so much great information um on us and it has been amazing but before i let you go uh, i like to end every podcast with a quick 10 question round of what do you prefer it's whatever (laughs) Whatever comes to your mind and know <laughs> to the audience, she has not been prepared for these questions. So I just want you all to know that. So Cowboys, Kansas City. I already told you what I prefer. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott. Right, you know, I mean, and Dak first, <laughs> Mahomes second. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I didn't put ring, I, so. you you're right about that. I didn't put them on this list, but okay. you know, may, maybe for next time. So okay. I'm gonna start with something a okay. little easier. Okay. I think I know the answer to this one, or at least I think I do. Number one. When it comes to tea, uh, do you prefer sweet or unsweet? Sweet. That's what I thought. Uh, number two, greatest boxer, Ali or Tyson? Ali. Ali. You know, uh, yeah, there's, there's some people that might disagree, but I, I'm with you You got to think about the era in which I was raised. <laughs> Remember, I entered the Air Force in 1986 at the age of 20. I'll let you do the math off, off camera. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Um, movies, if you've seen any of this, Star Wars or Game of Thrones? Neither. Neither. <laughs> Uh-oh, you're going to have some people coming after you after I'm this sorry. one. I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm not. Uh, um, fitness, treadmill or track? Treadmill. <laughs> I don't like the outside. <laughs> Number five, none of the above is quite okay for this answer. When okay. it comes to libations, mm. do you prefer your whiskey to be neat, or it doesn't have to be whiskey, mm-hmm. your cocktail to be neat or on the rocks? Um, Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid. I like, I like Moscato because it's like Kool-Aid. You're right. It's very sweet. That's why. It is, yeah. It's very sweet. So if I indulge, Moscato. I hear you. Number six, work. Do you prefer the telework environment or in the office? Office. Listen, on a scale of one to 10, if extrovert was 10, I'm a 20. (laughs) So I prefer in the office. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. I like to tell people that I am an extrovert with introverted tendencies. So (laughs) number seven, travel. Would you prefer to take a cruise or an all-inclusive vacation? Cruise. I love cruising. Mm. Me too. Royal Caribbean's my favorite right now, I will tell you. Same. Um, I haven't done Norwegian, but my, my daughter does Norwegian, but Royal Caribbean's my favorite. Nice. Villains, number eight. Mm-hmm. Joker or Darth Vader? Joker. Joker. <laughs> yes. Music, live or recorded? Live. Mm. Yes. And last but not least, number 10. When it comes to chicken wings, mm. do you prefer flats or do you prefer the drums? Oh, flats all day. <laughs> <laughs> That's very awesome. So I thank you for that. playing that game. Um, and I want to say right here, right now, 
as I told you before we even hit record, um, I know how busy you are, and I appreciate you for taking some time out to join us on SimStation Nation. It has been an absolute honor and uh, a wealth of knowledge for sure, and I really hope this helps someone. Yes. So listen, I, again, I want to applaud you because I mean it sincerely. I am enjoying watching you as you thrive. And thank you for this platform, um, for sure. But I want to leave just a couple nuggets, if I can, before Absolutely. we go. Absolutely. Um, you know, oftentimes, you know, you hear women say, I just want a seat at the table, you know, and if there's not a chair, I'll pull one up, you know. And and I say, you know what, let's, let's change that a little bit. We don't want a seat at the table. We want to change how the table's built. Ooh. Ooh. I don't want a seat because right now all the seats are built big and tall and I got to fit into it. No, mm. I want to mm. change what the table looks like. Then I'll mm. figure out who should have that seat. So that's what I'd like to do. Um, definitely. The other Oof. thing I'm thinking, can you hear me? Absolutely. Dropping for some yes, ma'am. I, I got you loud and clear. And so here's what I want to say. Um, to, to women, you know, we think about this glass ceiling, acknowledge that the data doesn't lie. Don't think of the glass ceiling as something, as a barrier. Think of it as an obstacle. And if you've ever done an obstacle course, you know what it feels like at the end. So let me give you a couple tips. One, build a strong network. You heard me talk earlier about having, cultivate your relationships with mentors, coaches, you know, your sponsors, advocates, and don't forget your peers. Mm. Make sure you build those relationships before you need them. Number mm. two, take the franchise owner approach to build in your network. Hey, you could be the Jerry Jones or whoever you want to be of your favorite team, but make sure you cannot have all defense because you'll mm. never win. Make mm. sure that you have that variety. Number three, make sure you listen more than you talk. This is why you have two ears and one mouth, right? Because you can take more in. You could take in twice as much than you can put out with one. Mm. Mm. Number three, develop skills. Every day, and I mean this, I do two things. I read something spiritual for my soul and I do something technical. And like you, I love chat GPT. I play with it every day, my husband will tell you. But I listen to a podcast, I listen to a webinar, I read a book, I do something every day. And that's what I like about because I have a commute you know, to DC, I can do that going and coming back. Establish clear goals. Remember, be specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-bound. So when someone says to you, what would you like to do? Be ready. Mm. Don't him and haw. So I want you to be very deliberate about what it is you want to do next. Mm. What do you want to do in one, three, five years? I could tell you those things for me mm. because I'm always being deliberate and I teach others to do the same. Challenge the stereotypes and the biases. See something, say something. Don't suffer in silence. There are a lot of ways in which you can do that. You can do that in an anonymous anonymous factor, an anonymous way. You can call IG, you can call hotlines. You can pull someone to the side, tell it to a trusted friend. But it is up to us individually to make sure that if we want to address this obstacle called this cyber glass ceiling, we're mm. going to have to see, we're going to um, say something when we see something. And, and also make sure that you create allies. That kind of goes along with it building your relationship, allies and a support system, but make sure that it's diverse. Don't just stick with people that look like you. 
people say if you're the smartest in the group, it's time to get part of another group, right? Mm-hmm. And that's nothing against the people that you're around. That just means the people that you're around at that time, you all have grown and you've outgrown them. There are people in your life for a reason, a season, and a lifetime. Know where they fit within mm. your, your sphere. And then last thing I told you, I'd get back to this mnemonic that I have for people. Pursue is the P. Every opportunity. And pursue is active. That means you cannot sit and wait for things to fall in your lap. That means pursue that you're going to have to say, thing I want to do today is this and be active about it. Every opportunity. And why I say every? Because you say, no, some things I don't want to do. You have no right. idea what that opportunity is going to provide to you and what skill is going to put in your toolbox. So every mm. opportunity, those that are given and those that you make. Mm. And don't forget the other P, plan. Don't go by happenstance. Don't rely on luck. Plan what you want. Before you take a trip, you plan it, right? That's you right. figure That's out, right. I'm going to either drive, I'm going to fly, I know when I'm going, I know where I'm going to stay, I know who I'm going with. Be that way about your life as well. And the L is learn. You can never stop learning. And you could learn from anything. Absolutely. Anyone. Good experiences and bad. So make sure that you learn. And my E is excitement. You have to learn to celebrate the failures. You know Mm. why? They're teachable moments. Oh, it may hurt. You may even be disappointed. And that's okay. But learn from it. Put it in your toolbox. So the next time you see it, you say, oh, I recognize that. And the last Mm. time I did it, I took path A. I know A doesn't end well. I'll go with B. Right? Mm. And so then, so be excited about that. But also... Be excited about your successes. Don't be ashamed and afraid right. to say, I've done this thing. That's right. I entered the Air Force June 10th, 1986 as an Airman Basic. Mm. Today, I sit in the Air Force, the same department of the Air Force, as a Tier 2 SCS. Wow. That is because I've had people, the humankind, but I've done, I pursued every opportunity to plan, learn, and to show excitement. Mm. And so I will tell you, Thank you for this opportunity today. And I hope that your listeners, when they hear this, they'll one, hear my passion, my humbleness, my gratefulness, and my gratitude, and most of all, my faith, because Mm. I know that someone had a plan for me. So I just thank you for this opportunity today. Ma'am, I got to get you off of here before your husband calls the fire department, because your microphone is probably smoking right now with all this amazing knowledge that you're dropping. This, This has been amazing for me and i know that it's going to be amazing for everyone that's watching and viewing too um it's it's just awesome that's all i can tell you it's just awesome and so watching your journey and having you come on here and share it uh it's been an absolute pleasure and uh, i will tell you uh i know you probably hear it all the time but if you don't uh i know that i'm very proud of you and i know that many other people are as well thank you thank you very much i take the responsibility Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope this has been awesome for you. Until next time on Simstation Nation, I'm out. Thank you.